listening to the Kooky Clubhouse Counterculture Podcast. The Weeklyest, Podcast on Official Hellboy prediction episode. We've all been kind of binge watching Hellboy 1 and 2 and looking at the trailer for the new one and just kind of uh, making predictions for ourselves based off what we know in Hellboy and what they're showing us. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, for those of you who are interested in Hellboy and cosplay as well, this is kind of in promotion for a live stream that we're doing uh, Tuesday the 16th at 8 p.m. with Papa Bear Cosplay. He's going to be showing up in full Hellboy, head-to-toe, horns-to-hooves uh, cosplay costume for this live stream, uh, compare and contrast against the, the two versions. So this is not for the people who have seen the Hellboy reboot. This is for the folks wondering what's going to happen from now on. So, yeah. Uh, as always, I'm Mikey Colsheen. With me, I've got some other geeks in the room. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves for the nerds? I'm Jamie. I'm Zach. I'm Dylan. Hell yeah, you are. And uh, Dylan, why don't you uh, why don't you just fill everyone in on your little side hobby real quick? Okay. So uh, I have my own Etsy store where I build whips. I also do fabrication jobs. So if you ever want something fabricated, let me know and I can get it to you. Hell yeah! You started doing cosplay stuff and it's something I amazing, do. and I can't wait. Maybe you should do a Hellboy. I should, should but Hellboy props. But after this uh, T45 build, I think I'm gonna take a break for at least like two or three months. Yeah, just kind of take it easy. Yeah, getting kind of stressful. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see how that translates into Hellboy, because when I saw Papa Bear at Planet Man, he was head to toe just new style Hellboy. Yeah, he was like, so oh, I'm gonna go even farther for the. For the live stream. Like, he's going into facial prosthetics and, like, all this other add-on stuff. I was like, oh, God. Can't wait to see your lighting tests, dude. So, September 16th. Everybody, come check that out. Uh, Is it September? Uh, yeah, which is this month, right? No. No. What, what month are we in? April. April. So yeah, April 16th. <laughs> this upcoming Tuesday at 8 p.m. Um, Mikey's been hard open. at work at this. Yeah, you can tell. I don't even know what, what year it is or what day it is or anything. I'm just, what month, realistically? Oh, God, yeah. I'm out of it. But yeah, I was really excited to uh, kind of get in the studio and let me close my window. Wind. And uh, just chat about Hellboy and what we are expecting to see from this trailer. Because from what I can tell, it looks... It looks like they're giving some of it away. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what you guys think. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, we have two movies. We wanted a third to complete it as a trilogy for so long. And when it was announced that it's not going to be that, it's going to be its own movie, I think everyone was kind of taken back. Like, what are they going to do for a story? So mm -hmm. they've got still got that element of surprise, even though they've given out a lot visually. Well, and at the same time, I hope that they didn't give out all the good stuff from the movie. That's yeah, I hate the when hope. trailers yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Same. No, I feel you, man. I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess, you know, only time will tell with that. 
I've been I've been kind of staying away from a lot of the commentary and people opining on the internet because reboots, you know, like the last decade, people have really, really just like gotten on the bandwagon to shit on reboots. Yeah. Yeah. And it astounds me. On some things, I I guess I get it. On some things, uh, but it astounds me for something like a comic book movie, mm-hmm. like. Comics do reboots on a regular basis. Yeah, it's, like, it's always another storyline. It's yeah. always another universe. Yeah. It's like, why do you have to carry movie logic into comic book movies? I mean, how many it's the alternate timeline, man? Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect example. But yeah, I, I'm excited because to me, right off the bat, it, this reeks of a prequel. If you're gonna put yeah. it in a universe with the other movies, at least. Because think about it. He doesn't meet Abe Sapien until he comes to America. This is taking place in London. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a lady at the front for BPRD who needs his ID, and that's one of the jokes in the trailer. And I was like, well, clearly that he's not familiar with this yet, you know? So I feel like this is the story of him coming from infancy into being a man in the terms of demon years. Yeah. Because let's not forget, in the first movie, he was coming out of his 20s as a demon. You know what I mean? He had the body of an older man, but they said, like, reverse dog years. Mm-hmm. So I would assume he's in his teens in this movie or something. Yeah. Just based off what I'm seeing. But yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This one just looked a lot more visually what I wanted out of the first movie. It's more gritty, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah, it looks yeah. a lot more dark and macabre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is rated R, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that they're actually doing rated R comic book movies yeah. when it needs to be a rated R movie. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. just so they don't have to They have mature so comic books, so it should translate just fine. Yeah, they did it with <laughs> Hellboy. I think that was a big staple for things to start moving in the darker direction. You mean Deadpool? I'm sorry, wow. Deadpool. Wow, good. I <laughs> like over here. And, you know, Logan did that for Deadpool, so there's yeah. this whole kind of pretext to, like, okay, even if it's owned by Disney, it could be made to fit an R-rated, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. population, I guess. So it's cool that they're bringing Hellboy into that light because it's always been one that I've seen darker. It's Even just from Mignola's art, it's dark, you know? You would assume that it's, like, the worst, goriest thing ever. And in this one, for the first time ever, we get to see some actual gore. That's not just, somebody hit you and there's blood on your chin, you know? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. you're going through a dude's head. <laughs> like, I'm so <laughs> excited. It's like... When they gave Wolverine his claws in Logan, I was yeah. finally like, oh my god, yes, they're giving him unlimited killing abilities, <laughs> and it's going to be so much fun. I feel like they're finally doing that with Hellboy. So, in the trailer, they made that whole joke about him, like, oh, it's really good for smashing stuff, and blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to see what he smashes, like, whose skull he gets to smash, <laughs> you know what I mean? Curb stomp someone with your big, like, hand. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, the, I was looking from the trailers at least. Like cinematically, it's, I it seems very similar to kind of the uh, X Men movies, like very grand in scale. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of the same shot, composure, and structure. Which is like in Maybe the, the uh, same color palette. Yeah, yeah. In in the uh, Hellboy one and two, in like the Ron Perlman Hellboys, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't. It was a little bit tighter. It was a little bit tighter. I mean, sure, they had their grand shots where they, yeah. you know... Like the troll market and the big stadium yeah. for the Golden Army, and they had these oh. huge layout themes. It was, but it was very, uh, it was very like, um, 
soundstage yeah, kind of shots. You could tell, yeah. yeah. Which like is a, fine. Which is fine, yeah. And yeah. in, in in Guillermo del Toro terms, like he's a he's a, a world builder. Yeah. So that's the way he kind of thinks. But it's kind of limiting because how many mm-hmm. sets can you really build, even if it's CGI? How much you right. know? How much can you really do? I feel like they they did the whole. Um, We'll do cl- close, tight shots for the majority of, you know, the boring shit. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote boring shit, not the action. And then, for the development, I guess I should say. And then uh, lead it into these giant, like, the troll market. It was a huge reveal, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. in this movie, they've got so much more to play with. So I feel like it's going to be more of a what plane of existence you're on kind of a thing. or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. W- What magic is it plays. I'm just really excited for that. Yeah, it's... It looks like it's going to be very visually entertaining, but not on like a not on like a Transformers level, where it's mm. like action vomit all over your yeah yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to be that. You know? No, no. Looking at how they just shot what they shot and what they released on the trailers and mm-hmm. him jumping into hell and like facing off souls, stuff like that. I think they're going to take their time. They probably took their time thinking out every shot it seems mm-hmm. like it's very very well planned mm-hmm. you know yeah. even from him getting out of the van and going into the little bakery like every little shot seemed like there was a purpose for it it wasn't mm-hmm. just like well let's get another angle here you know what I mean yeah. I hate when they do that and they're like let's just pick what looks good it, you could tell they just shot it five different ways and then went eh this is the best one it's like come at it with an approach I feel like this one has an approach not that the other ones didn't but to carry on this mantle was such a huge responsibility, directorial-wise, too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, who was the director on this one, Zach? Let's get this up real quick. We got the old trusty IMDb. We got uh, Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Not 100% what else familiar. Is Let's see. Uh, dogs. He did The Descent. Oh, oh nice. and he did Doomsday. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So he's got in he's some got a, Game of Thrones. At least one episode of Game of Thrones nice. under his belt. So he's yeah. a pretty, you know, well-done director. Yeah. Oh, he's doing the Netflix Lost in Space. He's director oh, for no. the Netflix Ooh. Lost in Space. Okay. I don't yeah. think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. He's pretty he was pretty decent. I was, I was impressed. Yeah. So all of those kind of have that forethought in them with cinematography. You know what I mean? You can tell that's his thought. Or his, like, way of planning out a movie, I guess. Oh. His directorial style. Looks like he's directed at least one episode of Westworld. Ooh. And, yeah. and Hannibal. Wow. Okay, so, Love yeah. Hannibal. He's yeah. got a very good resume. Yeah. Yeah. Constantine, two episodes of Game of Thrones. I don't know why everyone's shitting on this reboot so hard. Like, Rotten Tomatoes apparently gave it a shitty score. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you're still going to have your Perlin... Perlman, uh, Perlmanites, you know, that yeah. are all like, oh, he's my Hellboy, that's not my Hellboy, you know what I mean? I, yeah, but and I'm it's, just like, it's a different version of him. Yeah. yeah. You can't just get locked in. I mean, here's the thing. You can. It's like, I, Mike McNola made a tweet when they announced that David Harbour was Hellboy, and he was like, I don't understand why people are like that. I mean, it's nice, you know, it's a good sentiment, you're, you're a fan, you have passion and loyalty. But to him, he was like, I always thought it'd be cool if Hellboy was like James Bond or Batman, where there was a bunch of actors doing different portrayals in in different movies. Like, why seal it into one guy? Mm-hmm. A for money because you're that, Ron Perlman now isn't even physically capable of playing Hellboy. That's part of the reason he turned it down. 
Oh, yeah, and, I mean, he's, what, like, 60? Yeah, dude, his knees are giving out. Like, he can, he already could barely do the stunts when they did Hellboy 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So now he's like, forget it, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny to me because when they first announced it, like, uh, a year and a half ago, maybe, or something, you started seeing stuff on Twitter and all that. Um, I'll never forget the picture. It's Ron Perlman with Patton Oswalt and David Harbour all in a diner. Like, hey, in the same booth. <laughs> and it was, like, them discussing it. And... He gave him his blessing, and it was, he was kind of like, good luck, you know, like, yeah. well, whatever, yeah. we'll see how far you get, kind of a thing, is yeah. how it seemed. And now, you see all these tweets from Ron Perlman, on, and Instagram things from Ron Perlman about behind the scenes of when he was Hellboy, and how, how like, oh, it's like such an honor for this guy to get the passing of the torch, it's like, psh, funny how your tone changed in a year after you saw all the marketing stuff come out, mm-hmm. you were like, shit, I'm not Hellboy anymore? Oh, I gotta kind of play along in the spotlight, like... I loved Ron Perlman's Hellboy. Do not get me wrong. I think he was the perfect casting for what was available at the time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think he was the perfect casting to set the bar mm-hmm. for Hellboy's character. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, his really love of cats, his, yeah. his hatred of humanity, yeah, his wantingness to be accepted by them, and all this different attitude stuff. From the minute that the uh, that little FBI agent from Quantico walks in and he's talking about the comic books he's like I hate these comic books they get the eyes wrong and she's like, oh, it's so <laughs> awesome like the attitude was just established from the get go so right. when I see the trailer when I see the little smirky remarks when I hear all the stuff he's saying it, it gives me a little hope as someone that loves Hellboy you know I'm like oh maybe he'll carry the torch like that I think David Harbour carries the makeup really well yeah I think it looks mm-hmm. great right and I think he sounds a lot like Ron Perlman if you just listen to his voice. Yeah, they both yeah, have they that have a very similar baritone almost. Yeah. yeah. That nice, like, deep voice. I think Ron it sounds Perlman. very sim- Yeah, very similar. Well, it's that voice where they've been through something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um... Gosh, I had totally had a thought there, and then the <laughs> moment I opened my mouth, Welcome it to escaped me. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm excited that Mila Jovovich is the villainess. Right. As yeah. it looks. Yeah. I love her. I have loved her for a long, long time. I think I love you. Since I saw her naked in Resident Evil. Yes. <laughs> love at first nipple slip. <laughs> I, you know, this is going to sound super crass, but like Mila Jovovich is, she, she's born in 1975. She's still gorgeous. She though. is aging Phenomenal. like a goddess. Yeah. She is still. She's she's, she's still kicking, man. Yeah, she, yeah. that's, that's the polite thing. Look yeah. the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Celine from Underworld couldn't do that. She got like three, three, four, five movies in and started shitting out, and you're like, yeah, hey, I can tell you're older. You know what I mean? Like, which is fun. Which is not like, a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad. She's yeah, aged yeah. well. You know what I mean? It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that she never looks like she's aged. Like to me, she doesn't. Mm. Maybe well, it's the makeup. Maybe it's Hollywood. I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I saw this, these trailers the first time, and the very first thing that jumped out at me was I was like, Mila Jovovich looks like she's older. Yeah, and I like it a and lot. And I like it a lot. <laughs> you think she looks older? Uh, just like noticeably, but I think that's because like the last thing I saw her in, she probably was literally in her like early twenties. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the difference is, the difference is pretty stark. But yeah, the last thing I watched her in was Fifth Element, and she was nineteen. So right, that's right. True. You were just watching that. Well, fifth, 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 fifth. You can't fifth talk element. today. The yeah. fifth element. <laughs> the fifth element. The fifth element. Yeah. Um, 
That's weird. Yeah. I guess now that I think about Fifth Element, I can see her aging. And she's yeah. less subtle. Or when, it's more subtle. When you want to cast like, d- d- uh, like a demon empress sorceress that wants to open a gate to hell and take over the world or whatever she wants to do, mm. I she's. She's got the chops. I mean, yeah. she I really plays the part. That's the plot, though, because his right fist is only meant for that. Sure, and right. And she's always in, in this trailer. They're making out in blood. Yeah, you know, he, the... she's like seducing him multiple times and trying to get him to like do that. And he mm-hmm. even goes to hell. It looks like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like he gets pretty yeah. close to the line, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. I like that aspect. It's like a vampire. You can mm-hmm. barely control yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That sounds fun, and I like it. <laughs> Speaking of casting, I'm a huge fan of American Gods, and so I'm a huge fan of Ian McShane mm, in yes. almost anything that you could possibly put him in. Yeah. I'm sure you could think of something where he'd be terrible, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I think he'd probably pull it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just want him to pull it off so bad. Like, oh, yes, please. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ian McShane, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... It's looking like it's a good cast lineup, mm-hmm. and I that'll make or break that'll break make or break the movie. I mean, it can look amazing. It can. I mean, it all it all works in in tangent with each other. Yeah, you can have fantastic writing and fantastic cast. Mm. If the movie's produced poorly, it's not going to hold water. Right, they'll change that out for any other any part of that trifecta there. And yeah, there's it has so many like monsters in it and fight mm-hmm, scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and that's awesome. But that still doesn't translate to a good movie. So yeah, there's always right, that right. nerve where you're like, oh, I'm walking into something. It could suck. It could be X Men Apocalypse. It could <laughs> be Suicide Squad. Right. Oh, yeah. like, this could be a Suicide Squad failure, folks. We might just be. It could be Dark it Tower. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I've always been the type of nerd that's like, if I'm a fan of the content and the source material, mm-hmm. regardless of how good the movie is, I'm still going to buy it, I'm still going to enjoy it and collect mm-hmm. it and love it as mm-hmm. a part of that universe. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to turn this this off and stop listening <laughs> to this episode, but I like The Last Jedi because they played into some of the things about Star Wars that I like. I was just about to say, uh, we might lose a lot of people right, right. when I know for a fact that if they make a Star Wars movie from here to the moment of my death, mm-hmm. I'll go watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't have to think yep. it's going to be good. It's just a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's, it's an expansion of a universe that you I sat that through Phantom love. Menace, I can do yeah. anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we grew... We we grew up with the original, and then we were subjected to Jar Jar. If we can get through that, we can do anything with with enthusiasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We really kind of just uh, put up with a lot of shit as Star Wars fans to get where we are. I feel like yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Wait, it's not just with Star Wars. It's been any part of nerd culture. Like you can bring it up with Hellboy or. Any of the Spider-Mans or Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I Superman. mean, Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. sucked, but mm. yeah, that was but terrible. A lot of the a lot of the stills that are coming out of this Hellboy, this Hell, Hellboy movie, yeah. are looking really good. They're yeah. looking really good. Yeah, I'm I'm liking um, the I like the, the colors and all the stuff. It's, it's very reminiscent of Sin City. Yeah, like how it's it's muted except for the reds. The uh, yeah, I like that. They really pop that mm-hmm. in this. I See? I cannot explain to you why, but the the one of the posters um, that they have released, the mm-hmm. one that's like all red, it's got him. Um, 
It's got Hellboy center stage with a sword over his shoulder. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, like comic book cover, 80s yeah, movie cover. It reminds me, yeah, it reminds me a lot of the, um, the one of the posters for Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. That's funny. And, you know, anything that's it's a throwback that same, to the like, 80s, 80s, I'm intrigued comic with. Art. Right, right. Yeah, I like that. I like that they've got so many, like, you can see in the poster, there's so many little bad guys. And if I'm mistaken, mm-hmm. there, it looks like there's a little tooth fairy right there. I could go with Which, it. Tooth fairies. Dude, I love the tooth fairies in Hellboy too. They're such a good. I even have a model. Such a good right behind you. Yeah, I'm really excited to finish it. There's tooth fairy heads all over yeah. this. We're gonna get a little bird cage and hang it in the geek room like it's gonna eat your teeth. I got a little bag of teeth over. I, there. Okay, <laughs> for. A little bit of a side note, but still related. So in Hellboy 2, when they first encountered the Tooth Fairies, and one of the agents is like, oh, it's kind of cute. Yeah. I remembered that, like, walking away from that when I saw the movie over the years, I remembered that scene, mm-hmm. and I remember that aspect about the Tooth Fairies. But then watching it again here recently, I was seeing the Tooth Fairy they had there on screen, and I was like... What kind of twisted shit are you into? Where yeah. even when it's not baring its teeth, that looks cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's a winged spider crab. Like, like that's, what you... that's morbid as hell. Uh huh. It's cute. It's pretty gross. Yeah, I like it. I like the little eyes. You yeah, know what I mean, I like how pathetic it mm-hmm. kind of is. Well, and what's what's crazy is it gets more endearing when it bears its teeth yeah. and like gets violent. <laughs> Then you're like, oh, this is a silly violent creature. Right. Oh, I don't, it's not a big threat. And then it just like rips the teeth out of your head and starts yeah. sawing them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can love that. So cool. Just because it's small doesn't yeah. mean it's cute. Guillermo does And there's like that. a thousand of them for that. too. And they're all falling all over you like piranha fairies. That's awesome. I haven't heard a lot of interviews or seen a lot of interviews with Guillermo del Toro, but his work reminds me a lot of Giger. Of H.R. Oh, H.R. Geiger? Yeah. yeah. Where... It's, it's the guy, for those who don't know, designed the um, aliens in Alien. The yes. Alien. Yeah. And it's Ooh. outstanding. So there was a documentary that did that kind of covered Giger's life and work. I think it was right before he died. They released right before he died. And um, the dude is just, like, pretty positive. He's kind of a happy guy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, really? <laughs> for how dark yeah. and perverted his art style was. Yeah. yeah. And there's always the quiet ones. There's a couple of exactly. like, there's a couple of underlying aesthetics, hmm. like aesthetic approaches that remind me, that, that link in my mind, uh, Guillermo del Toro and um, Giger together. Like what? Um, so... There's like uh, the emotion that you get, the emotion that it instills. Um, it's very conceptual, like mm-hmm. very. Um, you can tell that a lot of work went into the, every little aspect of the art. So, like when you look at Giger's art and sculptures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of repetition of pattern, and that's fine. Um, but in that repet, the fact that there is repetition of pattern in and of itself means something, right? Mm. Um, and in, uh, I always want to say Benicio del Toro. It's not <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Yes, yeah, 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 in yeah. in uh, Guillermo del Toro's work, you can see reoccurring themes 
Um, and it's all supposed to be so macabre yeah. and like dark and sinister and stuff. But you see these you see these recurring themes that kind of bring out the other aspect, and that juxtaposition helps make it more unsettling. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Um, uh, yeah, dude, that's such an interesting point. Like, I like when things are creepy, mm-hmm. but kind. Like the Tooth mm-hmm. Fairy. Like it's so nice and playful and innocent, mm-hmm. but then as soon as you let your guard down. It eats all your teeth out of your head and starts devouring yeah, the, your yeah. bones. You know what I mean. And like Giger's work has w- w- had a lot of a lot to do with like uh, birth and uh, huh. and fertility of, and like sexualized, more like a Lovecraftian yeah. almost kind right, of way. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 That, there's that's definitely cool. differences, but hey, there's a little through. Dylan's wearing an HP Lovecraft shirt right now. Boom! You're in the right room, friend. Yeah. Huh. So that's that's kind of where I. She just showed me a, like a painting. I don't like it. <laughs> Let me see. That's kind of the whole style of Hellboy, though. You know what I mean? When you think about it. It's right, aesthetically right. pleasing to the eye at first because you're like, oh, it's reds oh, and yeah. blues and different colors as opposed to the, the backgrounds, which are grays and golds right. and browns and all these neutral kind mm-hmm. of colors. But then what you're looking at is a hideous demon or mm-hmm. a, a were mm-hmm. jaguar mm-hmm. or a giant vampire bat under some nice purple lights. Like... The visuals are so pleasing to the eye, but what you're looking at is supposed to be terrifying. You yeah. know what I mean? It almost makes me like want yeah. one to keep. You know, I'm like, I want one of those. Like little fucking you know, little jaguar dude. No oh, man. Like, and you can see that a lot in McNola's work. And you even with see, humor, you know yeah. what I mean? With with Hellboy as a character, mm-hmm. like it's just a contrast between who he is. You know, yeah. I love right, that. right. I love that in the trailer he was trying to like psych him up as a werewolf, and so he punches him in the face with the right hand. And he's like, God, God. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that's so cute. That's something I feel like I'd do to Dylan if he was a werewolf. I was like, Come on, man, just punch him in the face <laughs> and make him turn into a werewolf. But he was a were jaguar. That looks yes. pretty cool. A we- a werewolf. A werewolf. I don't know. I made that. I made that up just now. So, I believe it. <laughs> We're gonna go with it. Yeah. Um, the uh, that that juxtaposition is important, and it like uh, so we were talking about kind of it's darker and grittier, and, and um, I can't remember if we were talking about this when after we started recording or if it was right before we were talking about uh, the Dark Knight and how um, Christopher Nolan kind of took comic book movies and gave gave us permission to have them be actually dark not like yeah and in the real world and grounded in reality like especially with batman those Mm -hmm. were all stories that could have happened right bane could have existed like that yeah the joker could have existed like that there was no batman forever cartoony aspect yeah he took the fantasy out of it i love it that was a great way to do it and this is that, but with he looks all like the it, fantasy yeah. in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To the same extent, and again, forgive me, fans or listeners, like that True Blood made it so that all of these supernatural beings could exist in a real world setting. They even mm-hmm. went down to saying they have their own government and hierarchy and kings and queens and areas and sheriffs and and how it would apply to real world and how people's lives would forever be changed because all of these supernatural beings are now just their neighbors instead yeah. of hunting them in the woods and don't have a real life there that <laughs> werewolf has a kid you know what i mean yeah. he's also the guy fixing the stuff at the back of the bowling alley that you'd never know there was okay. a, oh go no. for it no i was gonna say there was it's funny you bring that up there was a um i can't i've seen every season that's come out of this show and i can firmly say 
It's not a good show, what but show? I watched every episode of Lost Girl. Yeah, which Why? is like a Canadian version huh. of that. It's a Canadian show. It's. Uh, I remember watching that. Yeah, this succubus out. goes. She, she like finds out there is this actual underworld of like uh, fairy tale creatures and and nightmare creatures and stuff like that, and they yeah. they have their own like government existing outside of human society and under human society, etc., etc. I like in, it. In a very similar manner to what you were describing. See, I, I like when they humanize the monsters, like werewolves, yeah. vampires, things like that, just yeah. because it makes it more... I really don't want to say relatable, but right. easier well, it does, to empathize though. with. Yeah, I mean, and those are characters that you're not naturally mm-hmm. supposed to relate to. You're never going to have anything in common monsters, with Dracula. Yeah, yeah. I'm always super attracted to and pulled to the villains. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, the bad well, you know, boys, the Wolverines. The bad boys. You know, I would put Hellboy in the same category as Wolverine. As the far as just tend to who have they are as a character. Yeah. More yeah interesting stories mm. than the heroes do. Oh, and I'm always a fan of vigilantes, and also, yeah. uh, like, I like the whole concept of, like, especially when Liz Sherman was in the story, um, they are the people saving normal people that don't ex- accept them at all. So, yeah. like, he, there was that scene in Hellboy 2 where he defeated the elemental in the street, mm-hmm. but society was scared of him, and they were, like, mad that he had the kid, even though he protected the baby the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And they were all mad at him, and she was like, this is why we get mad, blah, 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 because you guys don't accept us, even though we're the ones saving your asses, and you're just mortals. Like, even though we're not you, you look at us like we're freaks. So I like that whole aspect in any kind of vigilante, you know, uh, thing, like like an Umbrella Academy, Mm -hmm. how how those kids were still seen as freaks of nature by some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were praised as superheroes by some, but most were probably like, ugh, get the hell out of here, you weird freaks, you know what I mean? So like, well, I, mean, I like that kind of demonology of it too. It's a really common human dynamic. Yeah. Is to Fear what you to understand. like shun your savior. Yeah. Uh, th- in a very broad sense, the government. Think about how many people don't like the government. The government yeah. takes care of you. They don't like um, police. Police can take care of you. That kind of concept, and it happens in a lot of stories too. There's, yeah. um, I just had one on the tip of my tongue, a great example of a, of a similar approach where um, uh, I think it's like X Men. Mm. Yeah, X Men, like they're, they're, they're stopping world ending events on like a regular basis, and the humanity at large wants to like imprison them and uh, make them illegal. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just euthanize them. Well, mm-hmm. and X Men was a huge. Uh, It was a huge metaphor for equal rights, right, civil right, rights, right. and equality no matter yeah. who you are, what your alignment or sexuality or anything was. Mm-hmm. That was the reason mm-hmm. behind X-Men. And it's I, I think that that kind of stands the test of time in all of those like mm-hmm. different themes. You know what I mean? Regardless if you're a demon or, or if you're Rorschach. Like, mm-hmm. society will always reject you because you are different. Yeah. They will be afraid of you because you are different, because you're not the mainstream, because right. you're not what's comfortable, right. you know? But uh, sometimes those are the people that are capable of, of making say, yeah. great change. I know? mean, in these fantastical comic book settings, mm-hmm. those are the people, those are the only people able yeah. to... Yeah, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. Because they're different. They're able to... Is the whole creation of Superman? I I really hope that same concept, I, and I wish that they one day get the concept that what if comics are such a big market 
the old Marvel um, what ifs. There was like, what if uh, Wolverine was Dracula? Like oh, he, he killed yeah. the Lord of the Vampires and became a vampire, and he was Wolverine. <laughs> or, oh, what no. if Professor X killed the entire X Men on their first mission on accident, and then, and then the cover <laughs> was him like rolling over, like looking at all their graves? It was really funny. Like they had all these different versions. I'm thinking, what if they did a movie uh, where where Hellboy actually decides to fulfill his birthright? Yeah, well, and it was I mean, just like a what if, like what if. Literally, the movie was Hellboy, and he goes on a mission, and he fights a really cool beast, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, maybe it's that old cyberpunk cyborg uh, gorilla from the comics. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. something else. But then he gets knocked out for some reason. And he doesn't remember getting knocked out. They just play it out like it's still going on. Mm -hmm. And then it's him carrying out his birthright and destroying humanity and seeing what it would be like life as his real you know, purpose, yeah. and then he'd wake up at the end, and it would be a whole other little thing. I think that'd be a cool actual movie to make. Like a nice little twist. Yeah. But it's not even a Hellboy, it's not like this movie, it's like they, they come out with another Hellboy movie, promote it to be something completely different. Mm-hmm. And you'll only see in the trailer, like, the mission he went on, the thing he was fighting, the, the story he had been on in the first place, and you'll never even know that the last hour of it is literally what if he did that <laughs> and then in the last 20 minutes it would be him waking up and it would be all a dream right I feel like people would some would be outraged at that like ah oh. I think it'd be crazy good promotion for another Hellboy movie right well, they kind of like they did that Deadpool Christmas thing and like all the little yeah. side yeah. movies it'd be a cool thing for Hellboy which yeah. I never saw that Deadpool Christmas movie and I kicked myself me neither yeah it looks so funny uh, I wanted to see it have my I... kid from a, a Princess Bride tied to the bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. looks so hilarious but I mean there's a market man there's always been a Hellboy market it's always been underproduced and underwhelmed and that kind of upsets me because, like, you see stuff like Batman where they're getting Gotham and shows like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I know that Hellboy is never going to have that success as a character that well, Batman's had. But, the, dude, there's been even Batman crossovers. Like, mm-hmm. there's potential for his character and his universe. McDonald has such a great um, portfolio of stories that he's created, even outside of Hellboy. Yeah. That, that still carried that iconic Mignola stamp, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, not just in art style, but in um, in tone yeah. and, and conveyance of message, right. etc. And it is kind of like, it's funny how you mentioned Sin City, baby. Like in the, in the trailer when we were watching that, you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of reds and how they use that. Because I've always thought that Mignola's work reflects Miller's work, Frank Miller. Like yeah, it, it's got that sense of where they don't use every single part of a page. They use a lot of black overlays mm-hmm. and tones and, like, different just big block of character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then when it's far away, he'll even do, like, a really, honestly, kind of shitty drawing of him. Like, rough sketch yeah. to just show perspective. But it's cool in his style. Yeah. If I did it, it would look shitty, I guess. <laughs> but um, I like that the movie kind of plays up the dark tones of the reboot because it's fitting mm-hmm. more to what the comic is. Yeah. Away from the old pul- uh, pulp kind of action-y comics that Hellboy mm-hmm. did. You know what I mean? Well, and even aesthetically in the way that Hellboy looks, he physically doesn't look as similar to the comic book Hellboy as Perlman's Hellboy did. Oh, yeah, that one was but, way more accurate. Yeah. But, like, tone-wise, um, I'm not super familiar with the comics. I've seen snippets here and there and read a page or two. 
but um, not literally just a page or two. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, I've gotten my help with comics in here and there, um, and the from what I've seen from the trailer, this seems like he's still true to the character, mm-hmm. true to the tone of the character. Yeah. Uh, even though he definitely looks mm-hmm. like a rendering of the original Diablo box art. <laughs> right? It's so much more darker, dude. There was this one part of the trailer where he did, like, this scowl, like, but he was turning his head, he's like, mm-hmm. and they showed his eye more, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is super dark. I love this. <laughs> and that's kind of what I like about reboots, is you get mm-hmm. to see something from a different angle. And I think that's also kind of funny, because he made the joke about not getting the eyes right, and I don't like the eyes in the Perlman version. It's just yellow eyes. contacts. Yeah. It's pretty much cat eyes. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't like that. Like, you'll see it in the slideshow again. But I was like, ah, this one's so much more, like, I don't know. I guess you won't. But <laughs> this one's so much more, like, thought out for visuals. You know, they have the time. They have, it, I don't know. I feel like, two, as good as it was, I feel like 40% of it was slapped together. I honestly wasn't the biggest fan of two. Really? Why not? Like you said, kind of slapped together. I... Never really read the comics, just yeah. got into collecting, but it just didn't do... I just didn't really enjoy it yeah. as I did the first one. Yeah, that happens a lot with sequels. Well, and I think the only thing that kept me invested was the world building. The yeah. characters, the fights. I knew it wasn't going to be what I wanted it to be walking into it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's another movie. But then they had the Tooth Fairies, and then they had Mr. Wig or whatever, and then they mm-hmm. had, you know, the, the the fight in the troll market and all this mm-hmm. other stuff going on in the Elemental. I was like, okay, there's enough here to keep me visually and aesthetically entertained to where I'll let it kind of right. go. And there was times where it drug. Like, I didn't like the whole Abe Sapien being linked to the princess. Mm-hmm. For me, I get it. I mean, you need something for him to do, but there could have been so many more uses for his intellect than to psychically feel what she's feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of downplayed his his role in the in the franchise for me in the second movie, but well, and I feel like they did that a lot just because other than feelings and being able to sense things by touching them, yeah. he really doesn't have a superpower. Mm. I mean, other than that, I mean, the first one he was setting up bombs. If I remember right, he got into a little bit of a fight scene underwater, mm. but in the second one, he just he was just there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Existing. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> this kind of that was kind of what he, his character was part of the team for. Not to be just there, of course, but, but like he was a tank. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, he Abe Sapien was like uh, the researcher. He was. He was. Um, if you're playing Shadowrun, he's your Decker. Like he's the guy you're calling on when when the guy when the tank is there at the door needs it unlocked. Right. Yeah. He has to rely on that dude. And that dude doesn't get a lot of quote unquote screen time. Even though, you know, obviously it's a movie, he gets plenty of screen time. Right. Um But and and when you're when you're in like a comic book or another medium of storytelling, those kind of guys can still have great impact and not get the same kind of screen time that yeah. that the hero will get. No, I feel you there. Yeah. I was a little discouraged when I saw that they made uh, they made vinyl Funko Pops for Rasputin and and uh, Abe Sapien. Yeah. But they don't seem to be in the movie. Well, I mean. I was like, man, I feel like they just kind of did that to get me to buy it. I mean, I'm always gonna yeah, buy probably, an Abe yeah. Sapien 
Funko Pop. You know what I mean? To add to yeah. my collection, but I'd really like to but see I mean, a like, new rendition of his character. They'll they'll do a, a Funko Pop of a character that appears in a frame for like pff, oh, half a second. Yeah. So. So true. Which is not to downplay Funko Pops. Those, those of you that like collecting. Every character is a Funko, on Funko Pop. Pops, I know, right? People are going to be like, fuck this sack guy. He does not like Funko Pops. Yeah, he can burn in hell. We are about to get sued by Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, I never said I don't like Funko Pops. <laughs> They're just I, not for me. I'm just saying that it wasn't until tonight I knew they were literally called Funko Pops and not just... Pops. Poppy looking things. <laughs> okay, but to go back to your a sapien. Yeah. Okay, so obviously, brain. Mm-hmm, I get that, mm-hmm. but the second one, barely using it. Right. Barely. Right. And that was the downfall. Yeah. It, uh, it was just a disappointment for me because he's an interesting character. Yeah. Oh yeah. He looks interesting. I mean, he's a. F- they found him, what in like the forties. I uh, think so. Early 1900s. Early 1900s. I believe. I do declare. <laughs> I do declare. Well, I can't remember. Was it right after Hitler got killed, too? Uh, is, I think it was right after World War One. maybe. Again, don't quote me. I'm just kind of guessing. Well, because he was, yeah, he was definitely there before Hellboy. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. He, like, in the time frame now of the, of the new movie, what I'm assuming is because he's in London, he hasn't gone to America to meet Abe Sapien. Um, he, uh... I think it's the early 1900s because they named him Abraham, like Abraham Lincoln, and yep. then Homo Sapien. So it's like right after the Civil War era, they found him in like this locked tank. Uh, With the name on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of fishy. But I'm. I wish they would explore his origins more, man. I mean, I'm sure the comics do. I haven't read his original. Um, like comic run I have maybe two of the books out of 12 but it's nothing close to the origin so I'm like I don't really want that I want to know what happens the uh well the closest you'll get to that is uh what was that movie that they did with the character that looks just like Abe Sapien Shape oh Water. Shape, Shape of Water, Water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's your origin story yeah, right? yeah. God I mean it. it's the same guy so why not pretty much yeah I don't like that. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> I should be able to get, like, the good Abe Sapien story, people. Like, I'm just going to fucking look it up on online, man. There's probably no other way to do that. See, now, your, your approach, Mikey, is that mm. it's a prequel because he's in London. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it could be another universe. You know? I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if he's not working with... Because we know that BPRD has, like branches and stuff all over the world, I'm yeah. wondering if he's not working with the London branch of BPRD. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe it's just a different branch. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I would assume this is where it started off because of uh, his dad. His dad was British. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. dad helped out with World War One. That was the whole, uh, yeah. you know, thing. So my question is then, where's his dad right now? His dad is probably is a prequel. in London. That's Ian McShane. Oh, is that his dad yeah, then? He's okay. playing I'd, Professor Broom. Got it. It okay. would appear. It would appear. I don't think they ever, like, no, they never confirmed it. it. Oh, yeah, did they? they said okay. it. Yeah, he's did playing they? Professor Broom. Okay. Oh, is that when... Well, I mean, oh, we have so IMDb. We can look. Yeah, but, look it up. Yeah. I'll bet you money right now. Oh, yeah, that, like, there. the scene when <laughs> he's like, yeah, some parents get their kids Legos and he's holding up his gun. Yeah. Which, by the way, I like the revolver in this much, much more. 
yeah. than the revolver in the original one. It looked less cheesy and cartoony. Yes. Yeah. Which I get was going with the aesthetic. Yeah. I'm not bagging on that revolver. Yeah, quit bagging on the revolver, man. It's so much I pain. love, I, I know. love, I love that revolver. I've always wanted a 3D printed version. <coughs> Mm. Of that revolver. Oh, why are you coughing, Mikey? Uh, it had some in my in my throat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it because I just bought a three D printer and no, you really want? It's not why. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. No I'll relation. That. Maybe you'll get it for Christmas. Oh God. If I'm a good boy. <laughs> well. But to paint it, I might need Jamie's help. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. The world needs Jamie's help. So hopefully the trailer. Speaks to what the soundtrack in the movie is going to be. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack from Mm -hmm. the trailer is really good. Yeah. I'm a band nerd from from a long time ago, and um, big orchestral, like big band reimaginings of classic rock songs give me every time. I'm in. I'm in. I am in. Uh, like Smoke on the Water, they did yes, that, and then yeah. uh, what, what's the other one they played? I love you, more, 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 more. Oh, um. I love you, more, more. I can't remember. <laughs> you know the song. I'm just letting you continue because I, I want to. <laughs> Someone look it up. The uh, no, they've got a good. It sounds like they have a good selection on, on a soundtrack. Which so good. which is amazing. Uh, which is what good. song is that? I I. Feel right. I said yeah 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 it's gonna be a great movie. Well, at the same yeah. time, look at Deadpool. They had a few of those songs in there. Oh yeah, yeah. and it yeah. made the movie. The oh, yeah. first movie that they they played that, or the first music that they played in the movie that kind of like almost made me crap myself was uh, in the slow mo on the highway. It was the just call me angel. <laughs> yep. And he's like, did I leave the stove on? And like, I love that whole scene. I was like, this is perfect. If this is the tone of the movie, yes. I'm in. Okay, and I so think that, like you said, Hellboy's doing the same exact thing. Yeah. So I hope, okay, not crapping on the first movie. Oh, but we're crapping on the first like movie. Like in Deadpool. God, we just are crapping on everything, aren't we? I really am. He has diarrhea today. <sighs> anyway, the mouth. So like in Deadpool, when the, they're in the SUV, they've got him and they do the crash. Yeah. They've got the Green Lantern card that pops up and oh. all these other things. Just to, you know, oh, yeah. shit on that movie. Yeah. Hope they kind of do the same thing on there where they throw, like, that kind of Easter egg out. Not shitting on the movie, just... Just, like, nodding. That yeah. was another... Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I am... If you're gonna have comedy at all, I am okay with metaphorically or maybe metaphysically. With going a little meta and breaking the fourth wall in that fashion. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Deadpool is a totally different... That's a totally different... That guy exists on breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. But um, it does not It does not break my uh, suspension of disbelief too much if I see something like that. Yeah, it, um, it doesn't ruin the movie for you. Right. As long as there's, like, a comedic basis. Yeah. Yeah. From the trailers, it looks like... 
it's actually good comedy, not like slapstick comedy. Yeah, I'm yeah. Really happy about yeah. that. And it, yeah. his sense of humor seems intact, which I think mm-hmm, is very mm-hmm. important to set the tone. You know, yeah. yeah. Like in that scene when uh, he gets out of the truck mm-hmm. and they shoot him, oh, yeah. or shoot at him. He's like, "Hey, I'm the good guy." Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or the scene where like there's a little clip towards the end where it's all whirlwind and dark, and she's like trying to get him to come with her and he's like it'd never work out I'm a Capricorn and you're a fucking psycho <laughs> I was like yes he's cussing and it's awesome cause yeah. if he's a demon come on man you can't pull yeah, right. punches with me you know right. well that and uh what was it the um, I'm trying to remember when the prophecy yeah, yeah. you need a more believable prophecy yeah more relatable I think relatable. that was it yeah you need a more relatable prophecy just shit on her yeah yeah I absolutely love in stories when they do that. They, uh, the villain does their classic like monologue or, or lays forth some villainous intent. Yeah. And um, the protagonist just like shits on it, just shoots it down. Yes. Absolutely trolls them. Probably your, gra- your greatest uh, reason for seeing the movie. Am I, am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of that in this. I'm just sad that there's no Abe. I think so. There's no Abe to complete that intellectual brute balance. Well, that we know of. I think the Were Jaguar is going to be his balance in this one. Because you can tell with that scene, he's fucking yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. trying to be... I mean, yeah, like you said, we don't know. And maybe they did put him in this, but I just don't think he's going to play as much a role as I no, want him No, he's to. definitely not, but... They'll probably reference him or have him in, like, a cut scene or, yeah, like, something exactly. to reference the other or uh, branch. Yeah, or end credits. And to be fair, if they had a lot of Abe Sapien, then it might it might ring too similar to yeah. the first. Yeah, that's a good point. Episode. I didn't even think yeah. of that. It might, it might be like, oh, they're trying too hard, you know? Well, and the, then they could always pull out the Abe saving card for the next movie. Yeah, right. like she said, right. put it in the right. credits or yep. something. Yeah, and kind of tease for a future. That's a good idea. Jamie's uh, watching stuff. I would really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, in the trailer when... Uh, oh, and they call me the monster and it's got the where Jaguars face yeah. all torn yeah. up. Yeah. It's like, huh? Nice face. Yeah. Nice <laughs> I love Good little jabs. Good little jabs. Good, good, good in. little working relationship. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong just with that. Beautiful fun. Yeah. Just Much like us at the Weekly Geekly here. But yeah. you know who that's not like? Hmm. One of our sponsors, uh, Krypton Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. They don't jab anybody. They help you out. They help you find comics, make your they list. They help you find Funko Pops. Ooh. <laughs> Which Zach hates. Zach hates Funko, apparently. <laughs> it's the new update. Breaking news, everyone, on the Weekly Geekly. No, uh, Krypton's always been a fun uh, place for me to go as a kid, and we're lucky to be sponsored by them. So we, we got uh, the Krypton seal of approval. Uh, we we got one interview done from a signing. We're going to try and get some more next time they get some people signing through, see if there's some events we can do there. Kind of just uh, get a little homie in, in the shop. So we'll see. But thank you so much, Krypton Comics, for all the support. And if I'm not wrong, I believe we have a banner hanging in the store. If not, it will be up soon, so go check it out. Thank you, Krypton. Woo! See, Mikey just took me to Krypton the other week, and they actually gave me a really good deal for this uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, not comic, but uh, magazine. like an old magazine. Marvel magazine. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. Yeah, it was pretty good condition too. Like the the color was really still saturated. It wasn't faded. The pages weren't like all torn up and gross. Yeah, yeah it, was it was nice. Good. And what'd you pay for that? Uh, 
Like eighteen it, bucks. It's twenty five, but he has yeah, Dane's such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, really nice dude. I just met him that day. Yeah, he's really cool. Uh, he's always kind of been one of those people that I can be like, Dean, let me just unload ideas on you and tell me what you think sticks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, there's that weird um, co-respect of being a nerd, I feel like, and he gives that to everybody. So thank you, Dean. Thank you, everybody down at Krypton for all the support. Absolutely. And, of course, thank you to our other sponsor, uh, Ink Poisoning Apparel. Uh, for those of you on the darker, creepier side of life, those of you into the more macabre, you'd say, or dare I say it, punk or goth. Uh, if you like skulls, if you don't wear khakis, check Ink Poisoning Apparel out. They're a proud sponsor of the Weekly Geekly. Uh, go to their store or their Instagram page, pick out anything you like, and uh, at the checkout, put in the code GEEK. That's GEEK, G-E-E-K, for 25% off your entire order, people. That's not even just like, oh, you gotta spend Mike. this much. It's anything you spend, 25% off. So. Mikey, what do you got against khakis? Khakis? I, I hate khakis. Mikey That's hates right. khakis, That's guys. That's update. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> might come over in khakis. Hey, guys. Just gonna buy me khakis? a bunch of khakis and Girl, these khakis. Hello, pants. I Mike, would you call these pants if I khaki? Off, no, those are like corduroys oh, to me. What, what? They're not corduroys. Yep, they're corduroys the color of corduroys, so I just call them color corduroys. Fair. Khaki is a color to me. Right. It's that, like, khaki color. You know, I just I'll settle it. for sandstone brown. Now, if those were lighter, it'd be khaki. It's a... Almost too uh, burnt umber. No, 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 too creamed coffee. Before we get <laughs> way too dark into the cream of coffee, let me uh, just wring out the the towel for our last lovely sponsor, BPI Multimedia. Uh, he's a joker. He's a fiend, and he shoots people in for a nominal face. fee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the face. <laughs> so check out BPI Multimedia on Instagram. All the lovely people he makes look lovelier. lovelier. Sorry, I'm all tongue-tied after the hell More lovely. <laughs> More lovely. Uh, thank you so much for all your support. Uh, yeah, those are our sponsors. Check them out. Uh, lovely, crazy, insane people who for some reason love what we're doing. So thank you guys for your stamp of approval. We hope we're doing you proud. Um, yeah. Ooh, round of applause. I'm really excited for this Hellboy movie. We're gonna see it in like 13-ish hours, right, babe? Yeah. Yeah. Woo. It's a yeah, countdown I wish, clock. I wish I could reschedule my tattoo. You should. <laughs> oh, I can't. You though. can't. It's under 24 hours. Yep. It's locked in. Uh, Dylan's getting a big old tattoo tomorrow. Uh, I will not be able to. I'm gonna go try to see it on uh, Sunday. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And then, like we were saying earlier in the episode, for those of you who are Hellboy fans, Mike McNola fans, cosplay fans, Papa Bear cosplay fans, check out our live stream. Uh, this Tuesday, the 16th at 8 p.m. sharp, we're going to be interviewing uh, Papa Bear Cosplay in full Hellboy costume. It's going to be fun. We'll maybe even do a couple giveaways or something, a trivia thing. Who knows? We're still kind of working on that. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Share it. Interact. If you want to have any questions for him or just give your two cents on the movie, join us Tuesday, the 16th at 8 p.m. live on Bookface. As always... I have been the Professor Broom to your Hellboy and Abe Sapien, Mikey Colsheen. And I'm Jamie, with nothing interesting to say about myself. The lovely Jamie. <laughs> you can only say that. <laughs> and I, 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 don't have a, I don't have a witty retort. I'm Zach. And I am the Master of Whips, Dylan Oliver. And you've been listening to the second podcast in history to go to Doctor Strange to get their Eye of Agamotto checked. Good night.
listening to the Weekly Geekly, Omaha's counterculture podcast. Podcast. You're listening to the Weekly Geekly, 